Thank you for checking out the Faith City Church Podcast. We believe that you'll be blessed by today's message. How is everyone? If you're not awake, raise your hand. Two, I got you, I got you, I got you. No, it's great to be here this morning. Uh, I want to thank everybody for coming, everybody that's watching. Uh, I don't take this time lightly. Um, I'm going to try not to say um. I just said it twice. No, it's great. Hey, you know what? I want to, you know, bless our pastors while they are away. And uh, we, we, keep the, we keep the ball rolling. I would say I got big shoes to fill from last week. Come on, Tom. That was a great word, brother. Love you so much. That was a great word. And, uh, but you know what? I am me. And I'm on my own journey. And I said it, journey. I'm on my own journey. I'm not up here trying to be anybody else. It's just me. It's just me. Devin, I'm going to get you, though. I'm going to get you. We're going to cut you loose one of these days, give you this mic strapped to your head so you can't get away, and you're just going to, man, just tell us what's on your heart. Woo, was that prophetic? No, that was just me talking, but that might have been prophetic. you got to receive it, though. Hey, today's 9-11. What a somber thought. I wore my American shirt today. I really wanted to uh, come with an exciting American word, capital W. But the more I dug into it, the more I realized I was getting farther and farther away from America. We'll get into that maybe a little bit, but... Uh, I don't take this day lightly. Um, before I get started and maybe step on some toes or say some things that question our hearts, I'm good with that. I like question. You know, a couple weeks ago I got up here and I talked on perspective. I actually said a few things that shocked myself. And I struggled with that for the last couple weeks. I said, I said things like, I'm okay with not receiving my healing right now. Remember when I said that? Remember when I, we, we were talking about some of those things and I, was like, I said, I feel like I'm so far past my healing that it doesn't matter. And it was that quote that I said that I've been like struggling and swallowing hard because some of the principles that I learned, some of the maybe even legalistic things that I thought about back when I was growing up, man, they just contradicted that. How can you say that? Where's your faith? Why aren't you standing on the word? I can just hear this preacher that looks like me pointing his finger at me and yelling at me saying all these things. And so I do question that. I do struggle that. But I think question is okay. So if you question a few things that I say today, I say to that, that's okay. You know, bring it all back to the word. Check yourself with it. Allow yourself the availability to study a little bit. Dive into a scripture or dive into some phrase that 
just gets you. And you're like, I really want to take that and put it in my pocket and be able to use it later, but I don't understand it. Dive into it a little bit. So if, if I could title, Pastor Andy texted me last night and he's like, what's the title so I can put it online? And I'm like, I don't know. I was like, I, 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 I should have been busy little bees. That's what it should have been. Devin's preaching, preaching, preaching. But uh, I labeled it pool competition. I swam in high school, but this has nothing to do with that. Pool competition. I'm excited. Um, can I be honest this morning? Thank you. Thank you. I'm going to be. You know why? I wear my heart on my sleeve. I feel like I feel like if you cut me, I'm just going to bleed what I'm about to talk about. Does that make sense? Is that too graphic? All the kids went downstairs, right? We're all right. Sometimes I find it difficult to understand the definition or what certain people are thinking of when they say kingdom or when they say kingdom living. Anything that has to do with us being kingdom, living kingdom, having kingdom being in our day to day. It's not that I don't understand the word or maybe Jesus, his reign, God the Father, Prince of Peace, all this kind of kingdom, the king, everything that entails with some of that. But I feel, I find like I have a hard time with that. Is that that's honest for me. That's honest. And anybody else like that, I don't know. But the entire kingdom living Bring it into my day-to-day. I feel like, as an American, I happen to lean more on my Americanness. I just made that up. Than, than my maybe kingdom principles. Because we're Americans. I lean towards that. But some of us, maybe we don't think of it that way. Maybe if we were born in a third world country, uh, it, it would be easier to understand the term kingdom living. Maybe if we weren't born rich. Now, you say, well, I wasn't born rich. Maybe if you didn't have rich parents. You say, well, I didn't have rich parents. But you're thinking of that term in our first world society. Did you eat every day as a kid? At least one meal? You were rich. Some kids don't eat every day. Some kids might only eat a couple times a week. Now we're back to perspective. We're regressing. But I do want to move ahead. Um, But something to think about. Um, did you, did you have clothes as you were a kid? More than one pair? More than five pair? You said, hold on, you had 20 t-shirts in your drawer when you were a kid? Your family was loaded. 
22, you had more than four pairs of socks? Yeah, we had this sock basket. It was just this hamper, just loaded. You just grabbed what you wanted. Shoot. We got a sock basket at my house. Anybody that wants to come over and organize that, I'll talk to you after service. (laughs) But, you know, we're Americans. This is what we know. This is our perspective on our lives in our country, in our world. Busy little bees. We've turned into busy little bees. What do I call it? I call it the rat race. I call it the grind. The Monday. The nine to five. The performance driven life. Is that us this morning? Are there times where we're performing to our maximum and still don't reach the crazy American goals that we set for ourselves. Still not measuring up to where we think we should be at this time, at our age. I should have this many thousand in the bank. I should have this much saved for emergencies. I should have this much saved for vacation. I should have this much saved for retirement. Still not measuring up. Thinking it's not attainable to put 100% effort all the time. Maybe it's here at church or in our marriage, some goals that we've set that maybe we haven't attained yet or we've set them so high they're unattainable. Maybe it's at work, competing with your coworkers in the cubicle next to you. Maybe you have a performance-driven job trying to keep the numbers and the results up. How much longer can I keep this up? But you know, everybody taps you on the shoulder and they pat your back come the holidays because you got that job or you're doing so good or you made that bonus or you make all that kind of money. Yet it's this facade and it's this goals that you've set that you're trying to reach, staying busy little bees. You know, sometimes it's exhausting reaching after those goals. You might even want to quit. Maybe it's too much pressure. Maybe it's too hard keeping up with the Joneses next door. Maybe you feel like a fake or a fraud. Man, (laughs) this isn't very uplifting, is it? (laughs) Let's get there. Let's get there. But maybe sometimes in your busy little bee you feel like you don't measure up. First off, I'd like to warn everybody this morning that maybe in this story in the Bible that we're going to talk about, I'm not going to dot all the I's and cross all the T's. For all the melancholy people out there, that's not my gift. I'll leave that up to others. So if you say, oh, you left out this awesome point, you're right. 
Didn't want to be here till 6 p.m. Because with that one point, I probably had 12 stories. So, we're going to start in John chapter 5. A little story. This is verse 2. Jesus came upon a pool, the pool at Bethesda. How many remember that story? Where a supernatural phenomenon would happen. An angel would come down and touch or stir the water. And when the water moved, if you had a disease or a sickness, an ailment of any kind, and you were the first to enter the water, you would completely recover. We're talking blindness, deafness, skin disease, paralysis. It was extraordinary. Can you imagine a place like that? Stories were told of this place. And it was quite amazing. You might think of, maybe in our Americanness, you might think of a spa or a rejuvenating center where you walk in and they pass you a glass of cucumber water. And you sit down and you wait your turn. No, no, it was just the opposite of that. You can just imagine in John chapter 5, as Jesus enters the scene at this pool, how congested and full this place would be. You know, as long as the pool wasn't healing anyone, as long as the water wasn't moving, everything was cool. But as soon as someone said, mentioned, heard, or saw the water move, Complete chaos. Complete chaos as hundreds of sick folk tried to be the first to the water. Hence the reason I titled this Pool Competition. This is not the place that you would uh, take your kids and take a picnic and go sit by the fountain. Or go sit by the water. This is not that place. Because you can imagine the complete chaos that would happen just at the mention of the waters moving. This is a place where people would claw, scream, cry, and compete. You could imagine if you could win the race to the water, that you could be healed and your wildest dreams come true. If you were fast enough, strong enough, maybe you could be. Maybe it could be you. If you had the right connections, the people who were fast, strong, and observant, maybe you knew of someone who is fast, that could help you or assist you. Maybe they could hold the fast people back so that you could make your way to the water if you had the right connections. And your wildest dreams would come true with healing. Forgive me this morning for this statement. But this story, this sounds a lot like the American dream. 
Don't get me wrong. I'm very proud of my country. I vote. Come on, somebody. Um, I live here. Part of the reason I think this country is amazing is its diversity. My great, 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 great grandfathers, they weren't born here. They were born somewhere else, just like all of us, born somewhere else and came here with the thought and hopes of the American dream. Mm. In this country, they came over believing here is where their pool of Bethesda is where all their wildest dreams could come true, only to discover that it's only a few people here in America. It's a few people at Bethesda that will actually reach their dreams in their lifetime, who actually their dreams would come to fruition. Most of us are left dreaming, hoping, wishing, watching on TV the great awards that are handed out to our athletes, our entertainers, our artists. And I say to myself, what would Jesus do? What would Jesus do? What would Jesus say if he was walking on the streets of Fenton? Let's go back to John 5. One man was there who had been an invalid for 38 years. Holy smokes. 38 years is a long time. But then my perspective changes. And I said, there's a lot of people who are invalid for their whole lifetime. 38 years. I have questions about this guy. Like, who brought him there? Who left him there? Who dropped him off? Who told him that he could get better? And how do you get better? You have to be, who, did someone explain to him and say, we're going to leave you here. You have to beat everyone else to the water when it moves. You have to be faster than everyone else. Again, this sounds like the American dream. You got to be everybody here. All these people in these cubicles, you got to be the top salesman. You got to be the busy little bee. Now understand me, I'm not here to discourage education or hard work. Please understand me. I love hard work. Not too hard, but hard. I like hard work for a period of time. But I'm not that 100% guy that can do hard work every day, in and out. You're going to burn me right out. You're going to abuse me. You're going to take advantage of me. I can't do hard work 100% of the time. But I do like setting goals. Listen, hard work was here before Adam made mistakes. They got to tend the garden. 
hard work. I'm not discouraging hard work. I'm not discouraging going after your dreams by going to school and getting an education. Don't, don't, don't misunderstand me. Hard work is an honor. I wrote that down. Because for me, that's the truth. I believe we do and can work hard at our craft. But we put our athletes, our entertainers, our artists up on a pedestal, making their achievements our goals, saying they are great because they worked harder than anyone else. (laughs) Understand this. I can tell you right now, I could practice basketball harder, longer than LeBron James, and I will never be LeBron. I will never be six foot nine, 450 pounds, and be able to jump 12 feet tall. That's not in the cards. Don't tell me it's just about quicker or it's just about working harder. So I say, is this dream of ours, is this American dream? Is this Bethesda dream? Is this all the way truthful? We're going somewhere. Somebody dropped this man of 38 years off while he was a young man and said, this is where your dreams will come true. If you learn over the years to do better, get better, make connections, know certain people, understand the terms, know your land, this is where dreams come true. Jesus shows up in the land where this man is. where dreams die. How many people do you think die at the side of the pool waiting to get into the water? It's probably a sad scene. But Jesus shows up. He shows up at a pool in a very competitive environment. Stay here. Work hard. Focus on the pool. Watch the movement. Wait for the movement. Then you'll be healed. Then you'll be like everybody else. Then you'll be rich and famous. Then you'll be part of the elite crowd. Then you'll be first-class citizens. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had already been there a very long time, he said to him, Do you want to be healed? Do you want to be made well? Some preachers would say, I've heard it preached. Do you want to be made well? Do you really want to be healed? Do you like being sick? There's benefits to being sick. Sometimes we fake sickness because we like the attention. 
or we fake sickness because it gets, out, it gets us out of doing things. Sometimes we like it because we can make that easy money. Amen. You got to come on over on this side. This is a gravy train over here. Just do what I do. This is easy money. But I don't think that's what Jesus is implying here. I don't think that's what he's talking about. Do you really want it? If you really want it, then you'll get it. But you got to want it. That doesn't sound like the good news. That sounds like the American dream. You just won the Super Bowl. What are you going to do next? I'm going to Disneyland. How'd you do it? We wanted it more than the other team. We gave it 110%. That's impossible. You can only give it 100%. And I doubt you even did that. We prayed before the game. Both teams prayed before the game. Come on. That's a tough one to swallow. Do you want it, church? If you want it, shout amen. If you want it, just tell him. Tell him you want it and he'll come. If you want him, he'll come. But you have to want him. Is that the good news or the American news? Sounds to me like Fox News or CNN. What team are you on? How'd you do it? I wanted it more than air itself. <gasps> That's how bad I wanted it. And we say, that's the key. I got to want it more. I got to push harder. I got to do more. I got to be a busier little bee than the bee next to me. I don't think that's what Jesus meant. Do you like being sick? Jesus asked, do you want to be made well? What did Jesus want? He wanted the truth. What did the man say? He said, he said what we would all say. Of course I want the dream. Of course I want the miracle. But I don't have the right connections. See, I think Jesus got an honest answer from a man laying on the ground in the same place for 38 years. He said, I was left here, but I wasn't born into the right family. My family didn't own a gas station. My family didn't own a car dealership. 
these people on my side of the tracks, they won't give me a hand. I'm not connected. I used to think, and unfortunately I've preached, that the man was full of excuses and lack of faith. But I have a new perspective. Through God's grace and God's love. Through giving people compassion, the benefit of the doubt, before I just judge them. You see, the system we live in is broken. There's no perfect country. There's no Christian country. Whoops. Countries can't get delivered. Only people can. Systems don't accept Jesus. People do. The system is broken. But the good thing is, our hope is not in the system made by men, but in the power of the kingdom living organized by God. Jesus says, do you want to be made well? The sick man answered him, Sir, I have no one to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. And while I am going, another steps down before me. What's the man saying to Jesus? What is he asking? Sir, I got no one to help me. Could you help me? Could you be the man to get me to the pool? Could you help me win the race? Could you help me beat the system? Could you get me to the water? Jesus must have been thinking at that moment, I am the water. What you crave is not the pool water. You crave the living water. But we are hoping America, I mean, Bethesda will serve the dream that was told to us when we were little. When we were dropped here. I was told when I got here that I, I could be smart enough. And at that time it was, if I could go to college, if I could be smart enough, fast enough, if I could be first, if I could get ahead, then I would live the dream. While we are busy panicking and grasping for a pathetic pool, what we are really craving is him, the living water. Busy little bees 
Am I the only one that wakes up in the morning and says, this pool that we're all fighting for in the cubicles next to each other, I don't like it. Jesus says, do you want to be made well? And the man tells Jesus his story. And it's honest. 38 years. 38 years. I wasn't born right. I didn't have the right family, the right friends. I didn't have the money I needed. So I couldn't make it in this environment. So I've been laying here having a pity party for 38 years. And Jesus said to him, get up, take your bed and walk. You know, if I was Jesus, that's a long stretch, okay? But if I was Jesus, I think I would have went over, stirred the water, and grabbed that man and picked him up and brought him over and put him in the water so that all of America, all of Bethesda could see how blessed he was and that he had the proper connections. That he was connected. But I want to draw your attention to what Jesus did. You see, oftentimes, God does not participate in our pools. He doesn't play the game of life. He does not participate in the system He overrode the system. He overdid it. He bypassed the system entirely. And he says, you don't need the pool. Jesus says, I am the healing. I am the dream. I am the fulfillment. I am the satisfaction. I am the forgiveness that you crave. I am. So he says, get up. And at that moment, he got up and picked up his dirty, musty bed of 38 years. Has anybody ever been on a airplane on a Really long flight. Anybody ever been on a long flight? I went to Korea and it was 16 and a half hours. You ever been on a plane where you get your ticket, you're walking in, dragging, carrying your carry on, you go past first class, you're looking at your row 27B. You're like uh, 18. You just keep walking to the back. Just to realize that your 27B 
is a middle seat. A middle seat. I'm sorry, 16 and a half hours in a middle seat? What? No window to lay on. No aisle to stretch out in. The middle seat. 16 and a half hours. Oh, but how is it when you land to your destination and you, you, you wait for everybody, right? Because you can't, oh, I'm sorry, I can't stand up. Right? So I wait for everybody in front to go, 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 go. Then it's like, you're a row. I'm like, praise the Lord. I get up and I'm like, right? And then I'm like, oh, it's my turn. And I step out. Ah, ah. And I walk off the plane. And I walk past first class. And I laugh and say, ha, ha, ha. You paid Four times as much for me, and we got to the same place at the same time. And how we forget about that middle seat. Happens like that. Life's a vapor, they say. Have you ever seen, saw, whatever that word is, steam rise? Have you ever looked up into the clouds and saw the formations and said, oh, that looks like a dinosaur. Oh, that looks like the Simpsons. That looks like a plate of mashed potatoes. And then it moves and it's changing. Life's a vapor. Yet sometimes all we can do is complain about our middle seat in 27B. And all we can think is how God could have improved my seat. Did we walk onto the plane and walk past first class and say, God, haven't I served your kingdom? Haven't I been a good steward? Can't you get me an upgrade? Maybe business class? Maybe an exit row? Yeah. All we see is 27B. The true thing I know is there was a man who hung on the middle seat the hung on the middle cross and I'm in this place called the pool of America I mean the pool of Bethesda and only the fast cool super people seem to win at this race and I don't know if that will ever be me But I know one thing. He walked in my direction. 
he walked in your direction. It, I don't think it's, it's a coincidence that they don't share this man's name. Because you're supposed to put your name in there. You're supposed to relate to where he is and what he's doing. I know Jesus walked in our direction. And he did for me what no one else could do. He told me to get up and take my cross, take my bed and follow him. We've turned into busy little bees holding our breath to make something of our lives. I'm tired by this pool. What are we doing? What am I here to prove? I'm gonna prove to all these people, all the haters. What, we all got haters now? What is this? What have we come to? Or we could just stop with all of that and let the Father wrap us in his arms and hold us tight, hold us close and tell us he will never leave us. He will never forsake us. I say, the, I say all that for my nugget right here. Ready, Duke? My nugget. I say all that. When you find yourself in 27B, in that middle seat of life, and you ask God for an upgrade, and it never comes. the whole trip you're frustrated then all of a sudden you get that sensation that Jesus is just as much with me in my middle seat 27B than he is with the person in 1A. And something inside of you realizes I'm happy here. I'm okay. He's with me. I'm gonna be okay. Because God, you're the most precious thing in my life. Then your day comes. When God comes over the loudspeaker and says, we'll be turning on the seatbelt sign and landing in five minutes. If you need to use the lavatory, go ahead and do it now. 
and this life will be over. And it will dawn on you as you get off the plane. My seat didn't even matter. It just mattered that there were people that loved me in my role. that I was surrounded by my friends and my loved ones. But I tell you, I will be that friend that boycotts 27B. And I will go to you to the front desk and ask for an upgrade. But I'll tell you today, if nothing ever changes for you at this pool, he's there. He's there. And he's the prize. He's the prize. Don't miss him because you've turned into such a busy little bee that we have our eyes focused on the pool and not the prize. Can I pray for you this morning? I hope you feel like your burden is a little lighter, maybe. That your vision is clear. Father God, we come into your, into your arms that will never fail us. Because you're the one constant who always cares. Father, you're so proud of us. And it's not because of what we've done or what we've accomplished how many things we have. What we did last week, how much we made last year. Or in our whole lifetime. But you're proud of us because of who we are. Says you count the hairs on our head. That's easy for me. You're happy with our smile. You're proud of us because of the way we talk. From our accents to our laugh, the way we walk, the way we giggle. You love us for who we are. And I'm just here as your vessel this morning to remind your people 
that you're the prize. To not get distracted. To not be so busy that we forget what's important. So I say to all of us that are here, all of us that are listening, don't miss him. He's right there. He's right by your side every step of the way. Turn your eyes from the pool because he is the dream. If I said something this morning, Father, that was unclear, I'll ask Pastor Andy to fix it next week. I thank you for this time. I don't take this time lightly that your Holy Spirit talks to us, imparts into us something that we needed. And we love you so much this morning. Thank you for oozing your grace and your love and your mercy all over us. And we don't take it for granted like the manna in the morning. But we love it, we expect it. We're excited to see it. Every day is a new day. You are our joy. You are our peace. You are the source that sustains us through everything. Jesus, I thank you for this time. Amen. For more information about Faith City Church, please go to faithcity.tv. As always, we pray that you would grow in the knowledge and grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ.